You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Jonathan Schroyer, the Mission Matters Podcast Network. I'm the host of the Future of Service channel. We are talking about the future of service, and I'm the Chief CX Officer at Arise. I get the opportunity to interview and talk to amazing leaders across the gamut of industry to really think about what the future of service is. And today, we have a wonderful guest, Sarah Worthy. She's a founder, striving to be a CEO in her own words, that's joining the show to talk to us about the future of service and other things. So Sarah, introduce yourself and, and tell the listeners more about you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've listened to, to several of your, your episodes so far, and it's been really nice to find a, a tribe that resonates with some of the same visions for the future I have. In terms of what the future service looks like for me, because that is a very broad question, the first word that comes to mind when I, I hear the future of service is leadership. And mm-hmm. we hear bandied about a lot now in recent years, servant leadership as a notion. It's something mm-hmm. I work really hard to understand, to practice. And I honestly think that in the future, if we're going to have the type of society that we want, if we're going to have a sustainable planet, you know, I'm a big Star Trek fan. So, (laughs) you know, that's what I think about that. So for me, it's really servant leadership and how can each each leader out there better understand how to serve for their people, for their communities and really build that future that we want through that process. I love it. I love it. I love it. One of the things that I think is super interesting, especially with the the onset of the mobile technology revolution, the ubiquity of the internet and so forth, is this this idea of community and and how strong community can be to help each other thrive. It reminds me like in the early days of video games, when, when communities start to play, most people think it's in the 70s, right? But actually communities in video games started playing in the 50s. And so essentially what you do is you get these little community parties together where they they didn't have lands, right? They didn't have any, it would just be a bunch of people get co-locating and playing their, you know, whatever the computer game was at the time. Because 50s, I think it was the Cray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's how they, they started that. But of course, you couldn't you couldn't replicate that globally. So like in the late 90s with ICQ chat and a bunch of other things, and then now you know, fast forward, you have these amazing communities of gamers that all over the world, they get to communicate and talk to each other. And it's not only just gamers, like the Facebook group, the LinkedIn group, whatever, like all of these different communities. And the, the number one thing that, that I hear from these communities is I love that I get to talk to somebody who understands it or who has walked that path before me, right? And can help me see what steps to step on and what puddles to miss, right? So I, I really love that idea. I'm curious, as you think about this, future of service and community, where do you think AI plays or doesn't play? Before we change this, I just want to say this because anyone who's listening should immediately after this go and watch this on YouTube. You can search the internet is my religion. Have you seen that video? So you're going to go search. Like, I'm pretty sure I just searched the internet is my religion. And there's videos about an hour long of somebody who's at a conference and, and he redoes. I feel so bad. I forgot the guy's name. I haven't watched it in a little while, but it speaks exactly to what you're doing. And it's, it's the very core and passion of every it's why I'm excited to wake up every day is the way that these digital tools are allowing us to communicate, to find people, to find ideas. You know, I gave a talk at South by several years ago 
call open source is destroying our jobs in this rocks. Mm. So, and this, this will tie right into the AI because that talk at Spotify was was really about that, about how how technology, particularly in the open source space, is liberating us from a lot of the the mundane, the frustration, and the time delays. You know, it used to be if you needed the answer, you had to go to a library. Mm. And I remember, you know, when I was a little girl, it was the 80s. So I remember <laughs> when we had landlines and, and libraries and no internet and no encyclopedia online, we actually had books for encyclopedia, like hard covered books. Oh, yeah, and, I remember. And I they remember. were like 10 years old because they were thousands of dollars to buy a set. That's so right. your family right. only bought it. So they weren't necessarily with the most up to date information. But but if you needed to find an answer to any sort of problem, if you needed to find the expert, it could take you months or years. I mean, think about phone books. If you need to find a number in in Detroit for somebody and you were in Texas, like you had to call and talk to a human being and have them try to figure Mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. And and you Mm -hmm. couldn't call and say, show me somebody who has expertise in X, Y, and Z skills. You know, like the operator's not going to help you like we have with LinkedIn. That's everything I live for. That's the exciting part of the society we live in, the working in technology part. And when it comes to how AI is going to impact everything, you know, I think you and I kind of touched on this before we started the podcast, just chatting. There's kind of two ways I see things going. Either we can embrace AI as it is meant. And I think of it as a tool to automate and accelerate things we already know how to do, finding that information, finding those people, organizing and, and moving data around to where it needs to go so that then we can get to the creative work. We can get to the the change agent work. We can get to focusing on how to help and support the human needs that machines can't do. And so there's that feature, or there's the dystopian one where AI destroys everything. And there's one rich billionaire left standing in a bunch of machines serving him until he, I guess, dies because there's no scientist around to help him solve the problem of immortality at that point. <laughs> and so, so I choose, I choose option A, you know, yeah, option a, I, I love it. you know, it's always easy when you can streamline a decision into, to a binary choice, obviously. So I'm sure there's a lot of variables in between of where that could go, but, but really AI, especially in healthcare, which is, is the space where I'm, I'm focused right now really heavily. You know, people talk about doctors being replaced by AI. And I talk to a lot of doctors about the amount of time they are wasting. Like if they have a patient come in that has a unique, let's just talk about neurosurgeons. They have a, a patient come in with brain cancer. It's in a certain part of the brain. They have to spend a great deal of time prepping for treatment and for surgery of that patient. They have to go and find other experts. They have to find research material because they're going to be doing something for the very first time because that tumor in that location of that type is probably something the surgeon, maybe no surgeon's ever seen exactly like. There's some common ones, but there's always those unique cases, and that's why we need a surgeon. And so, you know, today they could spend hours and hours just finding that material, or an AI could be assisting them, speeding up the time for analyzing and diagnosing where it is, because it just peering over x-rays is, is a challenge in MRI reports, right? So the AI can be helping speed up those processes. So instead of the doctor taking 10 hours to research the material, they need to prep and practice on what they need. They can be spending an hour and because everything's delivered to them and they just need to read it and summarize it and understand the parts relevant to them. So there's those types of tools I think about. I wasn't a huge watcher of this show, but I've seen a few, but you know, Knight Rider, where you have Kit the car, right? Obviously, there's still a driver in that show, you know, and we have the Star Trek story with the ship's computer. They're still engineers and doctors and we don't see uh, marketers, <laughs> like, 
So maybe they won't be in the future. And that probably terrifies them. And maybe that's why we have all this dystopian AI coming out from their end is <laughs> that media is afraid they won't be needed anymore. So certainly I think there's some of that. And when we talk about the democratization of mm -hmm. all of these processes, it's going to remove some of those middlemen. And so do we need a reporter in the future to deliver us a news story when we can watch them on TikTok? on the scene, you know, just a, yeah. another citizen saying, here's what's happening. I don't know that we do need that. I think there are some investigative journalists that are necessary, but I think in, there's a lot of areas where it's going to just be citizen journalism. No, it's uh, true. It's yeah, true. So, so AI's got a lot of ways that it's going gonna, it's gonna to help us, but it goes back to people. I mean, technology is a tool. It's like anything else, a hammer, a gun, a car, anything. It can be used for good or be used for bad. So we as human beings need to stop blaming technology and need to stop looking at it as the answer and realize that the change has to happen within us first. Going back to the future of service, you know, that's where leaders need to step in. Leaders need to take over these conversations. They step in and they need to serve and they need to model by example. No, I totally agree. So we're going to wrap up the podcast, but yeah, Sarah, like you shared a lot of great thoughts. Obviously, you've got a background as you mentioned, healthcare founder, CEO service AI. If folks want to reach back out to you and want to pick your brain or chat with you about stuff, what's the best place for them to contact you on? The best place is probably find me on LinkedIn. I believe it's linkedin.com forward slash in in forward slash Sarah Worthy. I'm with nice. an H. It, there might be an M there, but I'm pretty sure it's just Sarah Worthy. Yeah, I've been on LinkedIn since it was alpha. I've been on the internet longer than Google. And, nice. and you know, and then my company website, doorspaceinc.com. I probably should have said something about what I did already, but you know, we're really trying to leverage what we've learned for the past 20 years in the marketing side when it comes to customer and user experience and how to leverage data to make more strategic decisions. And we're applying that to the employee experience side. And we're Very doing cool. that in healthcare to, cool. solve, to solve this horrible healthcare turnover problem that we're having right now. Very cool. Yeah. Well, folks, DoorSpace is a great it's, company to go take a look at. DoorSpaceInc.com. Do DoorSpaceInc.com. Check out Sarah Worthy on LinkedIn. He's been a fantastic guest talking about the future of service here. As everybody knows, I'm Jonathan Schroyer. I'm the host of the Future of Service channel on the Mission Matters Podcast Network. Until next time, serve well. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.